Thank you for taking the time to view this message online. You can connect with us more through our comments section of this video, through our Facebook page, or through our website, nhgj.org. We're in the middle of a series of messages on the gospel according to Mark, and uh, we're really focused on Jesus as a servant. Now, when we think about Jesus as a servant, we sometimes describe somebody as a servant as though that's not really, it doesn't really require any shaping. It's just kind of somebody falls into servanthood. Uh, we might miss all of the preparation that comes about to being a servant. We might, we might miss the values, the priorities that it takes to be a servant. And in contrast to that, sometimes we would look at somebody who we might deem to be very successful in life. Uh, we look at their skills, we look at the education pursued, we look at the various jobs or responsibilities that that individual may have taken in life, and we see a pathway to what we would be uh, we would perceive as success. And then we determine that that individual really applied himself or herself in order to achieve this wealth or the status or influence. And, and so that's not maybe difficult for us to see when we think about success or the idea of what success looks like. We would say, well, that's a very intentional pathway that that person took in order to accomplish that. In contrast, we don't think of often the same pathway or that there's a pathway towards servanthood. We think of that's almost a default or somebody underachieved in their life in order to become a servant. And we see it maybe that it was a series of setbacks or that there were failures in an individual's life that caused them to end up being at the bottom of the social order instead of achieving like the person who has wealth status or influence. However, when we look at Jesus's life, we see an intentionality about his life that helps him become the servant of God. And we've been looking at Jesus's life. We've seen this picture of one who is very intentional about becoming a servant. We've identified that servanthood is something great that's to be pursued and it takes effort as opposed to something that's a default based on setbacks or failures. It's a committed life to God's purposes for the individual. Servanthood is not the result of underachieving, instead it's the result of a commitment to God's will now, it's such an intentional lifestyle that Jesus had to point it out that it was literally the best pathway for his disciples as well. In Mark chapter 10, verses 42 to 45, the disciples had been arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Again, you go back to the question about status and who's going to accomplish the most in God's kingdom. And Jesus had to point out to them, it's not going to be the same for you as it is for those in the world. Mark 10, 42 to 45, it says, And Jesus called them, the disciples, to him, and he said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Now that last verse we've highlighted is probably the key verse for all of the book of Mark and understanding this servanthood life that Jesus is in pursuit of and demonstrating to us. And so where we might be tempted to perceive serving as underachieving, Jesus teaches that it's an intentional pathway that requires preparation, it requires the right values, it requires the right priorities, and in this message we're going to see that it takes the right attitude to be a servant in God's kingdom. So I want to invite you to join with me in prayer as we look at the attitude of the servant as we go deeper into the book of Mark, we'll be going to Mark chapter four as we look at the scriptures in this message. Jesus, we thank you for the intentionality that you lived your life and that servanthood was not just a negative outcome of being low on the social order, but Lord, that you were intentional about becoming the servant of God. And so as we open up the scriptures in this message, may you help us to understand that greatness in your kingdom is not the accomplishment of better education, of better social status, of better opportunities, but accomplishing great things in your kingdom means that we have been intentional about learning and applying how to become a servant. And so, Lord, we thank you. It is so countercultural for us, and it's so it's really challenging for us to live this out. But we invite you, Holy Spirit, to work on our thinking, to work on our appetites and desires, to work on uh, what we would naturally want to pursue and help us to pursue this lifestyle of servanthood. Let your word reach deep to our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, the passage of scripture that we want to look at today is Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. And I'll be reading for the, from the English Standard Version. It says this, it says, Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. 
And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Such a powerful picture about what it means to be receptive to what God wants to do, be receptive to the work of God in our lives. Now, in our study guide, we have a study guide that we release every week related to these, and they can be found on our website, nhgj.org. If you go out to our online services link, you can find the study guide there, or you can come by our offices and uh, pick up one. And the study guide for this week, uh, week four of this series, goes much more in depth into the different attitudes and ways that we can be prepared uh, in, in receiving God's word. But I really want to focus in on these soils and this parable of the soils that Jesus is presenting to us. And it's because there's a lot here that Jesus has to say about what makes us receptive to being developed or growing into servanthood in his kingdom. So in this parable, the attitudes are the soils which determine our fruitfulness. Our attitudes are what determine uh, the, our readiness or our fruitfulness. They are the soils that affect our fruitfulness in life. And what we need to start out with seeing is first in Jesus's life that he had a receptive attitude. He had this perspective about his life that he was always receptive to hear from the Father and do what the Father wanted him to do. A servant hears his master's words and acts upon them. And so Jesus makes it very clear that hearing and receiving are on the servant. They're the servant's responsibilities. Everyone who has ears should use them. Jesus uses that phrase. In fact, he uses it a couple times when he's teaching. For the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's this idea that the receptivity, the ability to understand something is really determined by the listener. It's the servant's responsibility to hear. Hearing is determined then by the condition of the heart. So Jesus tells this parable about a sower who goes out and sows seed. And he says, because hearing is on the servant's responsibility, we should probably learn how to be receptive, how to hear well what God is saying to us. There are many times that unproductive and unfruitful in our lives that we, we don't experience uh, the harvest of what God would want to do in our lives because of the soil or the attitudes that exist within our hearts. They really affect our ability to receive what God has for us. So let me highlight these different soils, understanding what that means for us today, and then looking at it through the lens of what can we do to be receptive in our attitudes 
so that we can good, be good hearers of God's word and then produce the crop in our life. The first one is the pathway soil. This is the soil that Jesus says that it was dropped along the path and it was trampled underfoot. This is soil that has been trampled down and it has been packed solid. If you've ever been on hiking paths, I'm sure you've been on different ways, you've, you've seen where the soil, the ground gets so packed that nothing can penetrate it. In fact, all around it could be rich vegetation, you could have different plants growing up around it uh, where the soil is still soft, but that pathway, there's nothing that's coming up through it because it's been so packed and so trampled down. This is an attitude of closed-mindedness. This, this packed soil, this image of a pathway of packed soil, it's been trampled upon over and over that it's this closed-minded person, this closed-minded attitude. It's one whose mind is so hard that the seed of God's word cannot penetrate it. It's the path that's been traveled over and over. It's the stuck thinking of unwillingness to change one's mind. And this hardness comes from the pressures of the world upon our thinking. It's a mindset that's been run over with philosophies and values of the culture in which we live. It's trampled over through music, movies, literature, news sources, listening to the same ideologies over and over and over. It's a mindset that says there's no room to hear what God has to say about something. There's no room for the word of God. There's no room for the spirit of God to work into the soil of our hearts and our attitudes because we've chosen this path over and over and we're really stuck in a rut. We're stuck in a pathway that has become so hard packed, there's no way that God's word can penetrate it. This particular type of life and attitude, it lacks time with God in his word. It's a hardened pathway where you've always been. It's, there's no room for change. There's no room for something new because this is the way I've always done it. This is the way I've always thought about it. This is the attitude that I've always taken in regard to that person or that circumstance. And there's no room left for God to bring change in our lives. Jesus says that Satan comes and takes away the seed before it even has time to take root or sink into our lives. Our defenses are up, our way of seeing it is up and causes us to, to be in this position that we don't have time, we don't even have space for something else to be considered. We're so hardened, so determined in our pathway, in our way of seeing things, in our attitudes, that God just can't even penetrate into our lives. And so it says the enemy, Satan himself, comes and just sweeps it away, brushes it away, steals it away from where it would have any opportunity to get into the soil of our lives. In our modern culture, a lot of Christians have polarized on one side or the other of issues and don't even realize that neither side is God's side. One of my favorite passages of scripture is where Joshua and the Israelites are coming into the promised land and Joshua is confronted by uh, a heavenly messenger and when he meets up with him, the question that Joshua has is, are you on our side or are you on their side? <laughs> are you for us or are you for them? And the heavenly messenger's uh, words come back to him, says, neither. I'm not on your side or their side. I'm on the side of God. Do you know that's a message that we desperately need to hear in our modern time? 
because in our polarizing culture, it's a pathway that has be been beaten down over and over. Are you on this path or on this path? You know, our response as Christians should be, I'm on neither. I'm on God's path. I'm on a discipleship pathway that allows the word of God to cultivate my thinking, that allows the spirit of God to shape my heart and my attitudes so that I can be responsive to what God wants to say to me. Not what this path or that path has for me, but I have a direction that God is taking me on. The kingdom of God, and you've heard me say this a number of times, but I think it's so important that I just keep saying it. The kingdom of God is a prophetic voice in the world so that if our path is tread upon over and over by the kingdoms of this world, Satan will not even allow us to hear something different, but only human philosophy and ideology instead of kingdom perspectives. If we're really that prophetic voice in the world, we should have a different sound. It shouldn't be the same pathway that everybody else is talking about and thinking about and doing. It should be a different way of looking at things. It shouldn't be polar opposite, this one or this one. We probably should have a different message that is maybe similar but di distinctively different because it comes from God's word and his spirit. So that's the first soil. It's the soil that's on the pathway that's hardened down. The next soil that Jesus brings up is stony soil, soils that is on the rocks, soil that is shallow because the rocks slightly below the surface don't allow it to really get deep in its roots. This is an attitude of shallowness. It's mental barriers that resist the leading of God, that it lies right below the surface. It is attitudes and actions that lie right beneath the surface of the soil. It, it appears like something could grow in this soil, but all it takes is one poke of the shovel, one foot pushed against the shovel into the dirt, and all of a sudden you hit resistance because of the rocks right below the surface. This type of soil, it's a picture of one who has no deep root of relationship with the Lord. They appear to be growing and doing well, but at the first hot weather that comes along, it just causes them to wither up in their spiritual life. These are individuals whose spiritual lives are on rocky soil. They're, they're usually undisciplined in spending time in reading the Bible and in prayer. They're often too busy or too distracted to keep in regular fellowship with other believers through weekend services or through a small group. Their primary interest in spiritual matters is how it benefits them or how it makes them feel instead of how is it making me grow and conforming me to the likeness of Jesus Christ? The tendency in this particular type of soil and in the individual who has rocky soil in their, their life and rocky attitude, the, the approach that they take to this is they deprive themselves of spiritual food until suddenly they recognize that their life is so dry that they binge on spirituality for a day, for a week, or maybe even for a month. And then they do it again. <laughs> they dry themselves out. They don't water the soil of their life. They don't prepare the soil so that it can be receptive. But it's, they dry out and deprive themselves and then binge again for a day or two or three. In emotionally healthy, spirit, emotionally healthy spirituality, we describe these individuals as spiritual infants or spiritual children who, though having been Christians for maybe five, 10, or 20 years, they're not really 20-year-old, 20-year mature Christians. They're one-year-old Christians 20 times over. 
It's the same trials and hardships, the same issues that keep showing up over and over again because they lack the depth. They haven't gotten rid of that shallowness in the soil of their life. They haven't entrenched themselves in the word of God. They haven't entrenched themselves on a daily routine of the spirit of God in prayer. They haven't practiced regular disciplines of spending time with other Christians and fellowship on weekend services or in a small group. And as a result, when pressures come, in fact, this is what Jesus says is happening with this rocky soil, the pressures of persecution and hardship come and just withers up whatever growth, whatever life was being experienced by that individual. They're not able to stand through trials and hardship. And so this is an important recognition that if we're seeing ourselves in that type of pattern of depriving ourselves of our spiritual life for days on end and then binging for another one or two days and then going back into that same cycle, it's very likely that we have rocky soil just beneath uh, the, the rich soil of our life. There's no depth to it. And the, the anecdote to that, the solution to that is to go deeper, to have consistency with Christ. And he will allow us to work through those hardships and those difficulties that we're facing. The next soil that Jesus identifies is thorny soil. This is soil that's been infested with weeds. The seed grew up, but it was choked out before it was able to produce fruit. This is an attitude of neglect, not paying attention to what's happening. There's, there's a receptivity, there's a willingness, there's an attention to uh, being a part of the word and being, uh, being in prayer and being in fellowship but it's haphazard, it's not intentional, it's, it's neglectful in many ways. In fact, the, the word that's used here, choked, it means to squeeze or to strangle out. It's a picture of one who's through negligence has allowed thinking and other attitudes and behaviors to choke out or strangle God's promise in their life, God's work in their life, so that they settle for less than what God intended. They're okay with just a little sprout, a little bit of green in their life, but no fruit. There's something recognizable about spiritual life in their lives, but it doesn't really bear fruit. It's not the abundant life that Jesus calls us to. And the reason it's not is it's because the cares of this world, the things have come in to choke out or strangle out God's work in this individual's life. The weeds, Jesus lists the weeds in verse 19. He says their worries, distractions, misplaced values about things, cravings, appetites, desires. They're all of these other things that begin to crowd into God's work and put a stranglehold on the work of God and what God would want to do. It really wasn't a lack of soil as with the other two examples, the pathway or the rocky soil, those had soil that just couldn't even be penetrated or so shallow that it couldn't go deep and take root. That's not the problem here. That's not the problem. This problem is that there's weeds. The, the, the plant, the word of God can go in. There's opportunity for it to happen, but there's so much distraction. There's so many other things that are coming in and, and just choking out what God would want to do here. It's negligence for a care of the soil that resulted in barrenness. Weeds quickly take over if not resisted. <laughs> I'm finding this out so often. Our backyard, we've been working on a three-year renovation, Jerry and I, and our slow process of changing things in our backyard. 
But do you know the one thing that I don't have to ever plant is a weed? A weed just automatically comes up and invades in a space and it just starts to take over. It will thrive in places where I'm having difficulty getting other things to grow. Do you know what the, the solution is to that? Regular weeding. <laughs> Going in all the time and plucking out those weeds, spraying in certain areas to prevent the weeds from showing up. An attentiveness, a care given to make sure that that which I'm wanting to cultivate continues to grow and doesn't get choked out. Maybe you've seen trees or, or other types of shrubs, <clears throat> flowers that have been growing up and you'll begin to see weeds, some types of weeds actually grow around them onto their stem and begin just to constrain the life of those plants that you might want to grow. That's such a good picture of what Jesus is speaking about here. Weeds that get entangled around the life of God and the purposes of God and choke it out so that it's not fruitful. All it does is show a little bit of green, that there's some life there, but it fails to experience, the individual fails to realize the real promises of God. Well, the last soil I'm gonna finish up with is the good soil. This good soil Jesus talks about, he says it's good ground because it's clean and it's receptive to the seed. There's the attentiveness there. It has depth to it. It's, it's ready to receive uh, what is spoken. It's an attitude of receptivity and it's ready for the planting of the word of God. This picture is soil that has been fully prepared and it's the most productive it can be. It's been prepared by breaking it up. If it's any place of hardness where that pathway has been beaten down, it's been broken up so that the, soil can, the seed can penetrate down into the soil. It's the soil where if there's any rocks that are just below the surface, anything that's keeping roots from taking in distractions and lack of discipline, it's breaking out those rocks so that it can go deeper and there can be a, a real spiritual maturity that can, take, uh, that can take place. It's an attentiveness. So if there's any thorns or weeds that have come up, they've been pulled out so that the, the growth, when it happens, it doesn't choke out God's word and God's purposes in the individual's life. Good seed is sown in good soil produces productive servants. Good seed grown into good soil produces productive servants. And this is what Jesus is highlighting. He's saying, listen, there's a lot of stuff happening around your life. He recognizes that there's a lot of things happening, but he also says receptivity and actual hearing is on you and it's on me. It's not on God's uh, responsibility list to hear from him. It's our responsibility. He's speaking all the time. He's speaking through his word. He's speaking through the Holy Spirit. He's speaking just through nature itself and the creative order. God is speaking to us on a regular basis. And so Jesus points to the fact that it's not God who needs to open our ears. He says, for the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he shares this parable about the soils. The question is, what kind of soil are you seeing in your life? I think today's a great day for you to go through this list, to look at these different types of soil, the pathway soil that's been trotted down, the stony soil where just below the surface, there's a lot of 
other things involved in the life. There's a lack of discipline to clear the way for the soil to go deeper so that when hardship comes, it just dries up. The thorny soil that's distracted by appetites, desires, the cares of this world, the riches of this world. What does the condition of your heart look like? What are the attitudes that you're living out now? Because Jesus would suggest, and I think in this story what he's telling us, is that especially in the culture in which we live, it's important that we have soil that's receptive to to hear from him attitudes that are open to becoming servants. It's not going to happen just naturally. It has to be cultivated. Servanthood has to be intentional because that's not the way of our world. If we're going to follow in the pathway of Jesus as a servant, we have to tend to the soils of our hearts, the attitudes that produce the actions, that produce the life that mirrors Jesus' servanthood. This morning we're going to receive uh, communion together. That's our practice on the first Sunday of every month. And so as you're watching today, hopefully uh, you have the cup and bread. And if not, you can pause this, uh, take a moment to get the elements and then rejoin us uh, in just a moment. But uh, if you have the bread, I would invite you to hold it up as we close in prayer and we're reminded of the life of Jesus and the servanthood life that he lived. Lord, we thank you for this bread. You gave your life for us and reminded us to receive the bread and the cup regularly so that we would remember your work. And Lord, in remembering your life, we are reminded of how attentive you were to the Father's desires for you. As a servant, you, you weren't just living any way that you wanted, but you were very intentional about the things that you allowed into your life and the direction that you took with your life. And so we thank you, Lord, for giving us this teaching around the different soils and the way in which our attitudes are shaped by the condition of our heart and our receptivity to your word. As we're going to receive this bread, I think it's a great reminder, Lord, that, that we're receiving your life into us, that we're accepting what it is that you said and you did as good news for us. Your word reminds us to examine ourselves, to be introspective, to be thoughtful about our lives. And so we take that moment now to think about the type of soil that exists within our hearts. Is it beaten down? Is it the path of the way we've always done it? Is there rock just below the surface? Have we been undisciplined and we lack a depth to our walk with you? We lack maturity. Do we have weeds? Is there cares of this world as there's the love of riches, the love of entertainment, the love of distraction that keeps us from really producing the life that you have for us. And so, Lord, we hold the bread and we're reminded 
that you came that we might have life and have it abundantly, that we might produce life out of the soil of our lives that is rich and produces fruit. So Lord, thank you for your body given up for us, surrendered for us, so that as we receive it, we can be made whole, that we can have the type of life that is responsive to you, that is the soil of our hearts that is responsive to you. You are the bread of life, the word of God living, and we thank you for your body and we receive it now in Jesus' name. Receive the bread. Lord, the cup of a new covenant. This new covenant reminds us that you shed your blood, that you gave up your life on the cross to empower us for the life that you have for us, that we might not walk around as dry bones, as, as just shells of, of people, but we could actually be living just alive in our soul, that we could come alive unlike we ever have been before because this blood of a new covenant, this recognition that you have brought to us resurrected life and not just an existence. And so Lord, help us to live that way. Help us to be mindful and again, just think about where we're at and ask the question of what the condition of our, our heart is and are we being renewed daily in your presence? Because Lord, that's what you purchased for us. That's why you gave up your life is so that we could experience the fullness of life that you have for us. And we don't wanna waste it. We wanna live fully in the grace and forgiveness that you've provided for us and the abundance of the life that you have given to us. So we receive the cup and we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for listening to today's message and uh, I really encourage you just take some time meditate on this particular portion of scripture grab the study guide for week four it's out on the website it's at uh, our offices during the week if you want to pick one up and go deeper in the study there's a lot more here about the attitudes that shape us as the servants of God and as you do that Ask God, what's the soil of my heart, the attitudes for which I'm receptive to God's work? The Lord bless you as you go throughout your week, and may you just find your life is producing all the more the life of God, the kingdom of God, as you walk in servanthood to him. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.